This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is August 19th, 2020. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. My name is John Lane. I was at Hofstra Radio from 1991 until 1995. And can you tell us the shows that you worked on while you were at Hofstra Radio? In addition to doing play-by-play for Hofstra football, basketball, and softball, I hosted the classics from Hofstra, classic jazz, and the rock and roll oasis. Did you work on any uh, community event programs or weekend uh, programming? I was uh, I was the occasional engineer. Um, I may have done some work with uh, Basha and uh, the Italian show. And did you hold any titles or positions at WRHU? Sports director and rock producer. And what years did you hold those uh, positions? Sports director, I think it was from uh, 92 until 94. And I was rock producer my senior year. That was 1994 and 95. Okay. So this is a multi-question prompt here, and you can answer it in whatever order you like, whatever feels natural. But what first brought you to the radio station? What was it like? Where was it? Uh, do you remember what it looked like? People that you met? What it smelled like? How it was? You know, what was the feeling when you walked in uh, to WRHU for the first time? What first brought me to the station? I was always interested in going on the air and learning about the business from the get-go. One reason why I applied to Hofstra was that it was number two in the United States in communications at the time. Number one was Syracuse, and Hofstra was a lot closer, 40 minutes compared to maybe four or five hours. And I remember visiting, I was scheduled to visit four different schools. Uh, it was First was Adelphi, Hofstra, uh, LIU, and NYU. And I think Stony Brook was also on the list too. I remember going to Adelphi and seeing that it was pretty good. My second visit was Hofstra. And that's when I decided, you know what, it's 40 minutes from where I grew up. I get the best of both worlds from living on campus and being able to go home whenever I wanted to. And to repeat, it was number two in the U.S. in communications at the time. And this was well before the School of Communications was established. That's when I said to myself, you know what, this is it. This will be home for the next four years. And one of the first things I did was uh, visit the radio station. And it was at the old Memorial Hall in the basement. And I just remember it being a small office and a small studio. I remember there being a lot of talented personnel already. And that was one of the reasons why I really had to earn my way in as a freshman. Uh, Jeff Krause was the head guy in charge at the time, and I read a couple of scripts, and once he critiqued me on my announcing, I knew I had a long way to go. Then it was late in my freshman year when it was you, Brian, who uh, opened the door for me to take an announcing class during the summer when I was less busy, and I can remember my initial reaction. I was uh, younger and a lot more immature back then. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just finishing my freshman year. It's been a uh, it's been a roller coaster year of adjustment. I was looking forward to taking the summer to uh, lay low, hang back home, go to the beach, and do the things uh, 19 and 20 year olds would do. 
you immediately countered by saying, you know what, I think it's the best thing for you because it was, it's going to be a lot less busy. There's going to be a lot more uh, room to learn and the door is going to open sooner than you think. So I was convinced. Uh, I took the uh, 40 minute drive about once a week to take your announcing class. And you had asked me if there was anything memorable from announcing or engineering class. From the beginning, I knew the training was done right. And it was also very lighthearted, so I didn't feel any pressure. I was free to learn in a fun environment. So you took the announcing class uh, in the summer between your freshman and sophomore years. Do you remember anything in particular you right. learned from the class, any skills or any people that you worked with uh, other than myself, maybe other people that were in the class uh, at that time? Honestly, the only one I remember is you. Uh, you were running the announcing class, and it was an opportunity for me to get back to basics, to go back to, to the beginning and actually put the lessons I first learned from Jeff Krause into action. Were you taking an engineering class at the same time, or did that come later? That may have come later. I think it was just announcing. Uh, I don't recall actually taking a hardcore engineering class, but... First, second semester freshman year, Sue Zizza taught a class similar to that effect, and that was pretty much my training. So that might have been uh, COM21, the basic radio production Com class? COM21, that's exactly right. So that was, so, so you were in uh, two-track learning how to cut tape and how to work a board and things like that? Yep, yep, all of that. Okay. So that would have been fall of 1992 you took that? It would have been spring of 92, second semester, freshman year. Okay. Um, so do you recall the first time that you were either live on the air announcing or the first time you were working the board and pushing the buttons and keeping the station on the air? First time on the board, no. Uh, first time on the air live was the classics from Hofstra. And I remember being nervous, which was natural. Uh, but at the same time, I worked to slow things down and do the best I could. Were you uh, doing a combo shift? Were you engineering the board and announcing at the same time? Or was there someone else engineering for you? It was a combo shift. Were there people who were helpful to you in helping you get started and established at the radio station? Maybe someone that you haven't mentioned yet or someone that you listened to and thought they're really good. I like what they're doing or conversely someone where you went, wow, either I, I don't want to do that or I can't do that. Or that doesn't seem like what I want to do. Who, who were the influences? Who were the, the voices in the air and the people in the office who might've been helpful as you got started? Yeah, there were plenty of people who were helpful to me. I first mentioned Mr. Krause, and Sue Zizza was a major influence from day one. Uh, she was tough, but she was also very fair, and she cared. She cared about the development and the evolution of the radio station and her students. And there's a story I'll never forget. I was pledging a fraternity second semester of my freshman year. I was curious. I was uh, given an opportunity to pledge. I'm like, you know what, let me see what the hype is all about. And see if it's right for me. And they said that you had required study time. 
Well, it was required, but you did anything but study. You were still distracted by uh, whatever the fraternity asked you to do. One day, Sue noticed, and she told me indirectly in her way that she thought it was interfering with my studies. And it was up to me to make a choice between the fraternity or the chance to study radio, study communications, and work for WRHU. I chose the opportunity to study communications and work at WRHU. So from that day, and there are there are more stories that, that I'll be sharing with, Zoo, with Sue and how much she was a positive influence to me. Uh, early in my days, I remember Al Montag just coming across as a polished professional. He hosted Good Morning Hofstra, and he was tremendous. I mean, you would have no idea that he was a college student. And because he was so polished and came off as so professional, I'm like, you know what? This is somebody who I would definitely like to learn from and be like. Another person was Will Shelley. Um, I get the impression from day one, he's been around the radio station and the radio business forever. He knew the ins and outs of, uh, of programming procedures, protocols. And he was a type of person, he was a man of few words, but when he spoke, you listened. When he gave you advice, you listened. And even though I was still an unknown, still looking to work my way through, he took the time to speak to me unsolicited and even give, even give me a few pointers on how to pass classes. Then another man who I worked with, uh, Jay Brayman, was the sports director when I broke in and I ended up calling some games with him. Again, I had to earn my keep. I had to uh, sell him on me. And it was tough finding my way. Sometimes Jay was patient. Other times he would needle me to get it right. And then I can remember my first breakthrough. I was a sophomore and out of the blue, Jay told me that I was joining him on a trip to San Francisco to call a basketball tournament. And I'm like, all right, wait a minute. Here I am. Um, my sophomore year was when I was really beginning to uh, get my footing in the radio station. And just like that, I was going to San Francisco. And talking to Jay, I'm like, you mean all we have to do is just uh, go on the air and call basketball games and the rest of the time we can hang out in the city of San Francisco? And he said, oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, this is a pretty good deal. Uh, th that was really the first uh, real indication that I found something that I would like to do and enjoy doing it. Do you recall uh, the first time you called a Hofstra sports event? Uh, were you doing play-by-play? -play? Were you doing color commentary? Were you doing updates? Uh, when did you get started with the sports department? I was doing, uh, I probably did the occasional uh, update, but I remember my first football game. I don't remember who we were playing, but I was, uh, I was a color analyst working with Jay and Besides being nervous, which again is natural when you're doing something for the very first time, uh, when you're applying your knowledge to the actual craft, uh, I just remember following Jay's lead, you know, just uh, going by with wherever he said. Uh, I wasn't a football X's and O's expert, but I did know some things. And by following his lead, I was able to get comfortable over time. So speaking of feeling comfortable, um, you were sort of easing your way into uh, what some people would consider 
two different worlds between the the music and content programming at WRHU and the sports department. Um, do you recall a time or a moment or an event where you said, well, I feel comfortable generally being on the air or being behind the board and master control? Or do you f- remember a time when you felt comfortable and uh, secure doing a sports broadcast on the air? Well, there was a seminal moment when I felt that I was home at the radio station, period. Uh, over time, I got comfortable over the air doing the uh, color commentary and sports updates. Uh, besides San Francisco, opportunities were few and far between. Then came my junior year. It was a time when the sports department was in a state of flux and I was filled with a lot of confusion about fitting in. And besides that, I'm like, you know what? Is there really such a thing as various departments being on islands among themselves? I mean, is it really like that? I'm not sure. Something is missing. I needed somebody to guide me and help me find the answers. And that was the day when Sue approached me looking to end any confusion and any tension by saying, you know what, let's sit down, let's talk. A few days later, I was named sports director, and that was the beginning of a rebuild. Uh, The sports department pretty much had to hit the reset button. We were were very low on staff. And while I was recruiting new members who were uh, very enthusiastic to learn and listen, and I was enthusiastic to pass on the knowledge that I already gained, uh, members of the EB supported me from the day I took over the sports department. Members of the EB, they came right to me and said, you know what? We understood what you went through. Now we're ready to work together. Now we're ready to move forward and be a team. And from there, that's when our working and personal relationships really took off. I mean, it was the beginning of a really, really great time. It was a time when I'm like, you know what? I'm on a new level at WRHU. The station is going places. Uh, The people on the executive board are indeed hardworking and good and I was a part of it. I was in and I was ready to take on new challenges and accomplish new things. Uh, I want to go back to a little bit of what you said earlier that um, you weren't necessarily uh, an X's and O's guy with football coverage. As you waded into the sports department, was there a particular sport that you felt more comfortable with? Was there something you were really looking forward to broadcasting? Uh, did you have a favorite or, you know, what was your uh, indoctrination into covering uh, the major sports at Hofstra? The sport I felt most comfortable with was probably softball because it was, I mean, obviously it's a much slower pace compared to football and basketball. Uh, but over time, I there was never really a sport that stood out as my favorite, uh, maybe a particular beat. Uh, football was always fun to cover. I hosted, I hosted the uh, Joe Gotti report once a week. Um, I think it was every Wednesday when first there was what 
the Hofstra Athletic Department put together, they called it Pizza with Joe. It was a sit down with Joe. It was, um, it was me. It was the commercial radio station covering the team at the time, the Hofstra Chronicle and whomever, just talking about the week that was and the next opponent. And then after that was my exclusive window with Joe Gardy. And that's when I got comfortable covering the team. But obviously it was the football team. There's a lot of members and I knew some players, uh, a few of them, we were in classes together. I remember one time in the gym, I was, uh, I was working out with, with one of the wide receivers. We were, we were taking turns on the weights and he actually, uh, gave me a scoop on who would be the starting quarterback that season. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, basketball and softball personnel, you're a lot smaller. So I would, uh, I would see those guys more often. And that's when we, uh, we developed chemistry, we developed a connection, and we, de- and, and we developed a trust. And that certainly aided with me helping, uh, helping cover those beats. So uh, earlier in our conversation, you talked about your expectations and, and why you chose uh, Hofstra University to go to school. Um, and as we're talking about this, you are an adult person looking back in time and and thinking about all the things that you went through in your experience at Hofstra and Hofstra Radio. Can you put yourself back in the shoes of 18-year-old John Lane as you're walking into the radio station for the first time? What did you think it would be for you during your college career? What did you hope you would get out of it? Forget you know the things that we've just talked about that you have with hindsight. Can you put yourself back in those shoes and say, this is what I was hoping would happen when I walked in there? To me, it was opportunity, a chance to be a part of something that was setting a foundation for doing innovative things unheard of in college radio. I mean, I walked in and I'm like, all right, uh, this is this is Hofstra Communications Uh, again, number two in the country in communications at that time. And I was ready to immerse myself, not only into radio, but also into print journalism. And like I mentioned, uh, freshman year, like I think most freshman years, it was uh, trial and error. It was up and down, um, a constant learning experience, uh, slowly learning your way and fitting in. But when I think back to when I was 18 years old, I was like, all right, uh, the message from the get-go was this is a real radio station that's over the air and it's run by competent professionals who know the business and have a uh, set standard of excellence that we're obligated to learn, to meet, and eventually exceed. John, this was really interesting and a lot of fun to hear your recollections. Uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, let's do this again sometime soon. Yeah, this was great. Uh, Always fun looking back, and I've got more stories to share with you, so looking forward to it.